Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. We're kicking off a new series here on the podcast called Conflict Resolution Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I am approaching August with an outlook on perspectives and mindsets through conflicts and resolutions. Whether those are conflicts within friendships, relationships, or even in professional settings, how does one react or respond in conflicts? And better yet, how can the conflict be resolved? In this episode called, What Causes Workplace Conflict?, I talk about the causes behind conflicts in professional settings, the fear of conflict, what happens when emotions drive decisions, and more. This season was inspired by some series of events I've dealt with in my own experience. Just like in life, we are all swept up in situations that cause us to react or respond in ways we wouldn't normally. So I wanted to dive deeper into what causes these situations, how we can prevent them or respond to them. Before I dive into today's podcast episode, I have to do a life recap first. These in-between weeks when I don't have a new podcast episode feel like they're extending longer and longer, and I want to apologize for the lack of consistency. As many of you know, I'm a full-time social media strategist who owns a social media agency, and so new episodes really depend on how work is going that week. Clearly, it's been occupying most of all my time, but that's not to say that the extensions make for better life recap stories. After all, there's never a dull moment living here in New York City. This city is full of surprises and the plot twists Life throws my way doesn't surprise me at all at this point. I feel as though there are a lot of life opportunities being thrown into my path lately. And every time something unique or different comes my way, I start to question my current one. Does anyone else question what they should or shouldn't be doing on a daily basis? Isn't that what really adulting is all about? I mean, I remember when I was little, I thought being an adult was going to be the coolest thing ever and life would be easier because you had the freedom and you didn't have parents telling you what to do. But the older I get, the more I realize that adulting is really just Googling a bunch of things and learning through mistakes and trials and errors and all that stuff really is just questioning your path and decisions and and even trying to maintain or make new friends as an adult is just so incredibly difficult. I feel like that could be a whole nother episode in and of itself. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Questioning what we should or shouldn't be doing. And do you know what else I do? I play the what-if game with myself. What if I was living in a different city? What if I decide to go the corporate route? What if I decide to live with roommates instead of by myself? What would life be like then? I can't help but sometimes get lost in that sort of thinking. I know that God has a path designed and laid out just for me, but we're human and we're impatient and stubborn and sometimes need more reminders to put us back on track. 
And I guess the thing that really has entered my mind in a deep way is the expansion of this agency. The next business steps. Where I foresee where this agency is going. What service am I offering next? The constant next steps thoughts drown out my reality at times. Or I've been doing this thing lately where I'm convinced I need to know where I'll be when I'm 30. Ugh. 30. The thought alone sends shivers down my spine. Are any of you listening right now in your early 30s? I'm curious. What did it feel like stepping out of your 20s and into your 30s? I'd love to know what that thought process mentally was like. And I'm jumping the gun again here because 30 is still three years away and there are so many things I need to be focusing on rather than leaving my 20s. Anyway, I could go on and on about all the things that enter my mind on a daily basis, but I'll hold off. Otherwise, we'll never get to the episode. I'll save those topics for my boyfriend, who gets to listen to all of it on a daily basis. (laughs) I think he secretly enjoys it, but I'm just going to leave that there, since I know he listens to my podcast episodes too. And speaking of boyfriend, this episode is coming to you after we went on a week-long trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. I had original plans to record this episode before we left, but I was short on time and it didn't happen. So, for today's recap, I'm reporting from our post-first international vacation together. How did it go? Well, it was quite the adventure, to say the least. I'm usually the type of person who needs her own personal space every once in a while, So this definitely went against my preferences. However, this trip really brought us closer. I thought we were pretty close to begin with, dating six months already and all, but there were lots of hiccups we had to endure in the beginning half of this trip. Starting with delays at the airport. We didn't leave until four hours later due to delays. Once we arrived, we had an issue with our hotel room. I'll say two words. Crab spiders. Has anyone else seen those before in Mexico? They're exactly what they sound like. Getting chills thinking about it. Crabs in spider form. We ended up switching rooms, so that hiccup was solved. We learned that August is one of the rainy months at Puerto Vallarta. The first night we arrived, it thunderstormed so hard that the entire resort shook. I'm not even exaggerating on this. It was my first time experiencing a storm like that. Our first full day was a Saturday, aka my long weekend run day, and I wasn't going to let vacation get in the way of my training. So my boyfriend joined me for five miles outside around the resort, and I ran the rest of the five on the treadmill in the gym. Or so I thought it was five, but I think it ended up being ten more. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I'm so proud of him for running those five because it was quite humid and really hot out there. After the run, we washed up and got to enjoy 
probably one of my favorite parts of the resort, the breakfast buffet. Since I'm no longer at the resort, I think it's safe to say where I stayed. I stayed at Iberostar Selection Playa Mita. And I'm going to give you a little backstory on the selection of this resort. My sister and I had the best experience of the Iberostar Resort in Cancun that I was sold on the resort chain, primarily due to the fresh food. And this Iberostar did not disappoint with their food selection either. Breakfast had omelets to smoke salmon, all the bread in the world, guac, chicken tacos, croissants, the most fresh fruit, and then their delicious assortment of fresh juices. Every morning, I got my go-to beverages, green juice and mango juice. We got into a routine with what time we woke up, went to the gym, pool time, and then exploring every part of the resort, including the entertainment at night. We ended up extending our stay another day because of all the hiccups in the beginning of our trip. And even though there were hiccups with that too, we're grateful to have had another day to relax and enjoy our time at the resort. After the first two days, we got accustomed to the on and off rainy weather and random sun moments. This location was actually a first for both of us. And it was our first international trip together. So I jokingly told Bobby that this trip would make or break our future trips. It's safe to say he passed. And to finish up on the recap, I have a couple of upcoming things I'm focused on. I still continued my marathon training while in Mexico, and I have my first milestone goal coming up this weekend. And to give you a little backstory of why I even call it a milestone goal... I do this thing where when I have weeks or months leading up to a big event, let's just say the marathon or a performance, I like to set these like milestone goals, um, pinpointing the quote milestones of the day leading up to the big event. So for, I guess you could say for the marathon, I have two milestone goals right now. One is the 12-mile training race, and the other is a 10-mile Bronx race in September. So like I said, I'll be running the 12-mile training run for New York Roadrunners in preparation for October. I'm 11 out of 18 weeks into marathon training, and on one of the recovery runs, I spent the entire run thinking about my progress, how I felt, how my body felt. And on one of the guided runs, Paula Radcliffe shared her experience breaking the world record at the 2003 London Marathon. When asked if she knew her pace the majority of the run, she answered that she didn't know her pace due to technical difficulties, but had an estimate at where she stood. When asked if she had another goal for running after breaking the world record, she said something that stuck to me. I don't want numbers to define my limits. I want to define my limits. As runners, we get so caught up on our times, our paces, and I'm so guilty of that. Sometimes too much. But just pinpointing back to that line, I love what she said about not letting numbers define what she's capable of. 
Just because she hit a world record doesn't mean that it defines all that she is. And I want to continue in that mindset of not letting myself be defined by my race times. So with that being said, this weekend will be good training for the bigger goal I have in mind. And that's all I'll say there. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Here's a question for you. When is the last time you had a work conflict? Honestly, it could have been yesterday, or maybe even this morning, depending on when you're listening to this episode. I feel as though conflict in work settings is quite common and expected, especially in a professional setting where there's opposing positions. Power struggles, ego, pride, jealousy, just to name a few. And if I want to dig a little deeper into what actually causes conflict in professional settings, I'd lean towards poor communication or the inability to control one's emotions. Do you ever look at someone who reacted rather than responded in public and wonder if they were able to control their emotion, would the entire situation have been a different one? This reminds me of the many instances where conflict arose in the workplaces I used to be a part of, and the reason being was because of a lack of information or misinformation. Or better yet, when emotions drove the decisions. I can think of an instance, actually, recently, where I completely lost control of my emotions and just lashed out. There was a situation that just simply frustrated me. I couldn't stop thinking about it, and every time I did, I would get emotional over it. I could recall briefly when my mind crossed over this podcast series that I was talking about, with reacting rather than responding, and in that moment, I knew I had just did exactly what I shouldn't be doing. So I get it. Having to control your emotions and... Not letting it impact your decisions in those heated moments is incredibly hard. I dealt with the job working in a toxic work environment for a year where it was easier to choose reacting over responding in conflicting situations. Did it get easier as the weeks and months went on? No, unfortunately not. But every time there was a conflict, I could feel my heated reaction get easier to control. There was a voice inside me telling me that it would happen again and again, and to be ready. I see conflicts in my workplace as training for the next storm. Something my mom taught me was to never get comfortable with conflicts. Just because one passes and you're able to overcome it doesn't mean it ends there. Life is a training race, after all, and just because you were able to run the first race really fast doesn't mean there won't be any more hills in the next conflict to come. Having that sort of mindset has encouraged me to not be discouraged when the next conflict hits, because it will. You know, something else my mom always tells me is how we must not live based off of our feelings. We are human, and we can't trust ourselves to know what is right. Whenever I need to vent to her about my struggles or problems, I'll notice that I start the conversation like, 
I feel this way or that way. I feel like X, Y, Z. So I'm going to do this about it. Because I'm letting my emotions drive my decisions. What do you think would happen if you let your emotions drive your decisions? If you let your anger that's been pent up inside of you make the final call instead of taking the time to cool down first? Or if you gave yourself five minutes to really process the situation and respond in a controlled and calm manner? Here's another food for thought. What is another cause of workplace conflict? The fear of conflict itself. Many of us fear there being conflict in the first place, that we'd rather put ourselves in difficult situations just to avoid it. However, avoiding something never fully gets rid of the situation now, does it? It merely puts a band-aid over the wound until it's time to rip it off. I think it's normal to fear conflict. Even as a self-employed business owner, I still find myself fearing it and wanting to avoid it at all costs. Maybe we avoid conflict because we fear the confrontation. We fear how the other person may respond or where the situation could go. Maybe we fear conflict because it's uncomfortable. We can't control how the ending to the situation may go, and it's a scary thought. But it's the conflict itself that teaches us to get better at handling these situations, how to respond rather than react. So the question is, how does one resolve workplace conflict? How do you convince multiple personalities that clash at work to come to a conclusion to a conflict. Maybe it starts with not being so set on having one resolution. With different personalities, work ethics, and styles, you might be asking for the impossible for everyone to agree. Maybe it takes, hint, hint, you, to loosen the grip on what your version of a resolution looks like. Or even encouraging others to be open-minded to hearing other resolutions. Most people aren't as reluctant to being open-minded, but again, out of your control. I think the challenge of conflict lies in how one chooses to deal with it. And what you can control is you, your behavior, and your response. If you asked me how I resolved the conflicts at my old workplace, the answer is, it never really was resolved. We placed band-aids over the situation so we could avoid it and prolong the conflict even more. Band-aids are temporary coverings. Remember that. Now it's your turn. Have you dealt with workplace conflict before? Was the conflict resolved? Feel free to share with me via email at grace at gracefullymade.com or send me a DM on Instagram at bygracely. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the conflict resolution series. This time I'll share conflict within friendships. 
And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.